Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Life and Art from FT Weekend. I'm Lila Raptopoulos. Today, we're going to Athens. I spent a lot of time in Greece. My father's from there. And the last time I was in Athens, it was really clear to me that things had changed. The city had a lot more tourists. My colleague, Eleni Varvitsiotti, lives in Athens. She's lived there for years. And she recently wrote an essay about this tourist influx and how it's especially affecting the city center. She's come on to talk about it. And we'll also chat through other places that you can go if you visit Greece, where you won't be stuck surrounded by a million people. Eleni, welcome to Life and Art. Kalos irtate. We're so happy to have you here. Hi, Lila. I'm so happy to be with you here today. Um, so you are the FT's Greece and Cyprus correspondent by profession. But I'm curious first if you could tell me about your personal relationship with Athens. I'm an Athenian. I've been born in Athens, lived in Athens most of my life. I went uh, abroad to study and worked uh, for a few years in Brussels, but I have been living uh, for the past 16 years in its historic center just underneath uh, the Acropolis. Mm. And uh, I think like in all long-term relationships, I have been falling in and out of love with Athens for the past (laughs) years. So now we're in a rough patch in a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So how would you describe the problem in a couple of sentences now? What is the problem that that sort of bothers you or worries you? The problem is that uh, there are so many tourists in such a small radius, such a small place. And you feel like... um, the city, the city center, the historic city center has shifted from a partly touristic, partly residential area to a simply touristic area where residents don't have the space to live. Mm-hmm. I'll give you some examples. Uh, in the past four years in a narrow street of Sintagma, which is the main square of Athens, mm-hmm. a very narrow street, I counted uh, five new hotels which have opened. Right. All investment is catered to tourists. Right. You feel like the city is losing its soul. It's not just that in in my neighborhood, in Plaka, which is like the most touristic place in Athens, the hardware store became another restaurant for tourists or another rent-a-car replaced a corner clothes store that I had. At night, the neighborhood terraces, which were of previously residential buildings, are now turned to Airbnbs and hotels and have become bars where music plays loud. Right. And I, I'm really worried that the experience that we're offering as Athenians is not authentic and true. It's not wholesome, hearty Greek experiences. Yeah. Can you tell me a little about how you've seen things change since you were a kid to to now? I'll tell you when I first moved here in the in the center, which was a like 16 years ago, uh, things were very different in this neighborhood. Um, the the Acropolis Museum had not been inaugurated back then. But I, I, I have to say that I could feel when I first moved here in the center 
that uh, tourism was shyly making its first appearance. And I was very excited about the prospects of my city. Mm-hmm. I felt that the city had not gotten the deserved attention and was more seen as a necessary stop for visitors on a, on their way to some Aegean island. Right. And uh, this was about to change. And uh, I have to confess that when Airbnb started, I was one of the few first people yeah. to list my apartment and I was willing to move to my parents' house every time I had a visitor. Mm. I found it was a great opportunity to show to my guests how amazing my Athens was. Right. But, but that- <laughs> <laughs> then what happened? But then uh, in 2009, the economic crisis hit Greece. Mm. And for the next six years, you would have the most evident signs of a country in decay uh, in the city center. You had weekly strikes of all kinds, uh, opposing the austerity measures that were um, imposed in the country by its creditors. Um, But as the years went by and the country was uh, leaving behind the decade-long crisis, things started picking up. Yeah. And then when did that change? When did you start to feel like your city was getting kind of overrun? I think immediately after that, uh, 2020 started picking up, 21, 22. And this year, I think it was uh, really a tipping point. Mm -hmm. And then quickly, why, why? Why has there been such a huge boom of tourists in Athens recently? I know Greece is a little cheaper than other places in Europe. Is it just that? Is it it just got popular? I think it's a great city break that people had not discovered in the past. Mm -hmm. I really think that cheap flights uh, helped. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really also think that Instagram has helped. I mean, some influencers, which might sound ridiculous, but I think really has played a a role. And um, Athens has an amazing weather also all year round. Um, Mm -hmm. The food is great. People are very friendly. As you said, it's cheaper than other destinations, yeah. so why not? And Athens has become, I've noticed that Athens has become a place that people realize is like a, it's a cool cosmopolitan city. It's not just a stop. <laughs> that it's maybe cooler than the city you live in and you kind of want to check it out. I think it's, you nailed it. It has a coolness. It has a vibrant vibe. Yes. You feel that things are happening in the city, right and left, unexpected things. It's definitely not a sleepy town. Right. Um, and also you take a walk around Athens and it feels like visiting an open air museum. Mm-hmm. It has an unpretentious grace to it, I think. Yeah. There are many galleries, there are many exhibitions, there's an art scene that's booming. Mm-hmm. So I think that gives an edge to the city as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of smaller cities like Athens that are dealing with more tourism, places like Barcelona and Lisbon. Is it different in Athens? Like what is unique about Athens versus those other places? I think two things are are different in Athens is first that it's something new happening here. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been going on for years as it's in Venice, let's say, or the other places you mentioned. And the second thing, which differentiates Athens from other capitals, is a small area where all tourists are found. Yes, totally. It's it's a small radius around the Acropolis. The the tourists, like, uh, for example, in Rome, uh, there are many historical, important historical sites spread out throughout the city. Here, it's all in the center mm-hmm. of Athens and underneath the Acropolis. Yeah. And that makes it much harder. Yeah, I don't think people realize that the Acropolis really is like smack in the center of Athens. It's on this huge hill, so you can see it from everywhere in the city. And so it means that your biggest tourist attraction, which is one of the most important historic monuments in human history, <laughs> is 
Yeah, it's in the middle of everything. It's sort of like, it makes sense that it would clog the city. Exactly. I imagine the other reason that Athens is getting more popular is because there are more people investing in Athens, right? Like there's more money coming in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you have, and that's a a real issue. Uh, I'm really worried that there's going to be a gap between wealthy and less wealthy, which is widening. And uh, one feels that there's a lot of wealth who has come to the country, but more from foreigners, from Europeans, uh, from Israelis, Turkish, Chinese, who are buying uh, properties which locals can't afford. So what do you want to happen? You know, like, I imagine it's a balance because Greece has gone through a lot of hardship economically over the past couple decades. And tourism is good for it, right? Like we want people to come to Greece. And Athens is amazing. And the Acropolis is one of the most incredible places I've ever been. And people should still go to it. Exactly. I don't want to, I don't want to be seen as somebody who doesn't want tourism. Of course, (laughs) tourism is one of the most important industries in our country. It's about 25% of our GDP is a huge amount. And so many jobs and people are relying on that. And it's, it's an amazing place to to have tourists. And Greeks are by nature one of the most hospitable people and totally. and caring and helpful and open-hearted and warm-hearted. But I, I feel like there should be some more planning on what's happening. Mm-hmm. As a resident in the historic center, to look at each neighborhood and see how many Airbnbs are there, how many coffee shops are there, how many restaurants, do we need more of those? Should we uh, boost uh, activity, economic activity that could help also the locals? Do we need like um, mini markets or fruit stalls or dry cleaning or like have some kind of planning? You cannot have a whole neighborhood that's only Airbnb or only (laughs) restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Eleni, I would love to shift the conversation to other places that people can go when they visit Greece. It's been a drum I've been beating forever that the country is so much more than just the Acropolis and Mykonos and Santorini. Um, maybe we can tag team some alternate itineraries for listeners. What about Athens? Where should people go beside doing the influencer photos in front of the Parthenon? I mean, of course, you're going to go to the Parthenon. Right. Do that. Uh, but please, it's really worth taking the time and drive a bit outside Athens People don't really realize that in a short half an hour drive, about 16 to 20 kilometers, you can find yourself in amazing beaches, Mm -hmm. whatever beaches you want, long sandy beaches, small coves, full of people without any people Mm -hmm. doing water sports, uh, just chilling. um, Skinny dipping. And skinny dipping, exactly. (laughs) Uh, There are so many places that you could explore that. Um, Also, there's an amazing temple which is dedicated to the Sea of Gods, Poseidon, Mm -hmm. which is also by the coast in Sunio and has the most amazing sunset that one can see. And I would definitely recommend doing that. And then there's tavernas underneath that that you can enjoy the temple and have great fresh fish. Okay. Can I make a pitch? Yes. Okay. For Greece, outside of Athens. I'm going to pitch Thessaloniki. It's the Mm -hmm. second biggest city. It's in the north. It's the city my dad grew up in. I have a lot of family there. Um, But I pitch it because 
it's built on the port. So it's like right up against the Aegean Sea. So when you're are walking in like a very urban setting, you're walking along this boardwalk and people are sitting and they're watching the sunset and they're drinking frappes and they're eating tiropitas and they're smoking and complaining. And it's like amazing. And then also, like much of Greece and like Athens, it's this important center for so much history for the Roman Empire, for the Byzantine Empire. So as you're walking, you come across these amazing ruins. And then also it just, because it was a melting pot for so many centuries uh, with so many cultures, it has some of the best food I've ever had. It has one of the best food. People are extremely hospitable. And if uh, our listeners are found Thessaloniki, I don't know if you've been, but it's really worth next time you're here to go to Vergina. Vergina is the is an archaeological site, which is pretty amazing. Um, it's the the tomb, um, it's the grave of Philip the Great, right. who is the father of Alexander the Great. And it's actually the actual tomb. You walk inside, you walk down in the tomb and you can see everything that... It's so wild. It's, it's extremely wild. You see uh, all the things that they buried this king, a uh, Hellenistic king, back in the day and it's really well preserved it has amazing jewelry and uh, the setup is is really amazing mm. i think it's really worth a drive from Thessaloniki is like half an hour drive yeah um what about islands i have to say eleni asking greeks for advice about islands is like one of the most unbelievable experiences, outrageous, infuriating, hilarious. Everyone has an opinion. You'll say, okay, we're going to go to Corfu. And they'll say, oh, don't go to Corfu. It's very, it's too Italian looking. And then you say, okay, well, maybe they say go to Milos. And you say, don't, I don't know. The moral of the story is every Greek island is gorgeous and beautiful. And you're going to be blown away by the water and blown away by the food and blown away by the people. But <laughs> if you were to give one or t- yes. one suggestion, what would you do? I mean, it's exactly as you describe it. <laughs> it gets so personal and people are so passionate about their favorite islands and uh, you don't want to disagree with a Greek. And, uh, <laughs> totally. But my favorite islands are Sifnos. Sifnos is one of the Cycladic islands. It's not really touristic, although it's uh, full of French people. It's as if some, <laughs> some islands are discovered by different countries. It's so Sifnos has been discovered by the French. <laughs> uh, it has amazing culinary tradition. One of the most famous cooks in Greece, the first guy who ever wrote a cookbook, Mr. Telemandes, mm-hmm. was from there. Um, there is tons of hiking. People love to take uh, uh, hiking paths and they have them very well preserved. So you can actually walk around the whole island mm-hmm. by really nice... Uh, uh, paths, uh, the beaches, you can dive in crystal water mm-hmm. beaches. And uh, it's an island that the locals really take care of it. It's super clean. Everything is like very well maintained. Uh, they have a pride. Sifnians have a pride to themselves and to their island. Mm-hmm. They are very famous for their ceramics. They have amazing pottery. Yeah. So it's a place that really combines a lot of things. And I go every summer. I can't think of my summer without Sifnos. Yeah. Incredible. Um, I would suggest uh, there's two little islands in the north called Skopelos and Skiathos that um, that are really beautiful. But the island that I went to this time for the first time is Crete. I never wanted to visit because I was worried that it would be too big and not feel like an island. But it's really if you can avoid the crowds of tourists, it's really a special place. Like we spent a lot of time in the villages in the center and then on the beaches along the southern coast, which is the Libyan Sea. Uh, and it was just like kind of unexplored and wild and uh, felt like the moon. Mm, I'm so happy for you. That's <laughs> such a great time. It was so good. <laughs> Eleni, this was amazing. 
Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lila. That's the show this week. Thank you for listening to Life and Art from FT Weekend. I recommend you check out our show notes. They are full of great stuff. We have a Lenny's piece. We have a list to all the recommendations that we mentioned about Greece. We have discounts for a subscription to the Financial Times. We also have ways to get in touch with us, whether that's by email or following us on Instagram or X or all those things. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and here's my talented team. Katya Kamkova is our senior producer. Lulu Smith is our producer. Our sound engineers are Breen Turner and Sam Javinko with original music by Metaphor Music. Topher Forges is our executive producer. Cheryl Brumley is the global head of audio. Have a wonderful week, and we'll find each other again on Friday. <laughs>